Welcome to the Proctor Podcast Series, presented by the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program at the University of Florida. Founded in 1967, SPOP is one of the largest oral history programs in the country, with nearly 5,000 interviews. Hello, my name is Sabrina Mihars, and I'm going to be your host today. I will be discussing the experiences of a man named Fred Pratt. You know, I've been gay. I've always you, done you've that. You've always felt that. <laughs> little, as long as I can remember. Yep. <laughs> I've been attracted to guys. <laughs> Fred was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1956 and moved to Florida in the late 1960s. He attended the University of South Florida in Tampa from 1977 to 1980. He moved to Gainesville in 1988 and has lived there since. While living in Florida, he's worked as a public assistance specialist, has worked with political candidates, and has done phone banking. He's been on the board of the Pride Community Center and on the board of the Human Rights Council of North Central Florida. His experiences as a disabled gay man working in public services, politics, and human rights activism extending from the 1980s to the 2000s provides insight into Florida's queer history. His story is one of perseverance that illustrates how far the LGBT community has come, the courage it's taken to fight for their rights, and how much resistance there is still left to face. In college, how did you, you identified to yourself as a gay man? Yes. Do you identify openly that way? No. No. And I didn't do that because fear of my own physical. Uh, like I said, I'm in a wheelchair, I'm a person with a disability, and I just didn't feel comfortable. You know, I, there was a lot of homophobia mm-hmm. going on at the USF at the time. People that were out were getting threatened, you know, they were getting threatened with beaten up, and uh, things left on their cars, and it was just, it was just not a good atmosphere. Today in Florida, the atmosphere is more accepting of the LGBT community, and a lot of achievements have been made. Within the past two decades, many Florida cities and counties have added sexual orientation and gender identity to their non-discrimination laws and non-discrimination employment policies, including Gainesville. Same-sex marriage, however, is still illegal in Florida. While important changes in Florida politics have been made in favor of LGBT rights, there are still political efforts to restrict them. It's moving a little bit away politically, and I'd like to kind of pull it back. There's a strong uh, right movement now to get certain people elected in office that would want to take our rights away from us. It will be running and have oh, I run see. I see. for city commission. Yeah, because we have a non-discrimination ordinance yes. in our city charter, and so there are Includes, people who are hoping in, to repeal that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I still see a lot of homophobia out there. When we think of the inherent role politics plays in issues of discrimination, it calls for a closer examination of how changes are made. A lesson we can learn from Fred's story is that it's not people working in politics who produce changes. It's the people in the communities forced to live under these mandated conditions who decide they are no longer willing to bear the institutional discrimination because of a difference in their identity. Have you seen, like, changes in the country or... Changes in me. Yeah. Changes in me. I started when I was 18 uh, doing uh, disabled rights, uh, you know, getting education, jobs, uh, housing for people with disabilities. Then when I came out, I really jumped into LGBT rights. And I did that mainly because I felt I needed to come out. And because I couldn't see the difference in disabled rights and LGBT rights. I mean, there are differences. I'm not saying there aren't. But there were similar. There are a lot of more similarities. I mean, the right to have a job, 
the right to have a family. I mean, even then, back in the 70s, I couldn't ha- uh, adopt children. So there are very real parallels. I couldn't yeah. adopt children. When did that yeah. change? Uh, very recently, in the last four or five years, yeah. Florida was one of the last states to do that. Fred represents a unique situation. He's a part of two minority groups, the disabled community and the gay community. The influence of his dual identity on his beliefs is clear. I think that's interesting. Your politics seem to be integrated in a, in, in a way. In everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything. Like, Go ahead and say it, yeah. Yeah, do you have like a, a sort of worldview that you can articulate or sort of an ideology that you can describe? My ideology is let's get along. I mean, we're all one people. You know, I, 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 I believe in this, uh, what's called one world. I'm not talking about new age. I mean, I, I'm not talking about no one government, but I'm talking about we're all one people. Even though there is a shared experience of forming part of a particular minority group, there isn't always a strong coalition between them. This, the gay, the gay and lesbian community would not talk to the trans community when? for the longest time. Oh, when they tried to get passed, I think it was a year ago, a couple years ago. During the time we got sexual orientation added to the county's administration, uh, the county's ended discrimination ordinance. We, we figured it out. We needed to be tight knit. Fred witnessed a lot of division within the LGBT community, but even more between the LGBT and disabled communities. I went to a statewide disability conference in Orlando, and, um, well, this is getting off the story I was going to tell you. This is another story. Uh, and they do, they did breakout sessions on housing, education, health, and employment. And then they added in a, a segment on sex and sexuality. Well, there were four of us who were out there and saying, hey, we want to be included too. Right. And we started talking about our our relationships and our, mm-hmm. they didn't want to hear it. They, even, they went so far as to close down the disabled community and the LGBT community. Do not speak to each other. I have no idea why. I've spent years trying to figure it out. Essentially, the communities are fighting for the same thing, their rights, and those against them treat them with the same disdain. Their differences set them apart from the supposed majority. The labels imposed on their minority status confine them. To those against them, they are seen as lesser, not good or moral enough for basic rights. They are not viewed as individuals with depth, but as a minority. I was working with the, the LGBT community at the sexual orientation and the county as an anti-discrimination mm-hmm. rights. And one day I was going, I don't remember where it was now, and the guy turns around and he says, yeah, there's a crippled queer. So they referred to me as the crippled queer during that whole time. Who specifically? The, the, uh, the uh, one of the anti-gay, uh-huh. you know. The gay and disabled community saw Fred with the same lens as the anti-gay community, and they isolated him. The gay men didn't want anything to do with me. Matter of fact, a few of them who were leaders at the time, treated me like I didn't know what I was doing. Really? When I went to volunteer, yes. So I bet you showed them quickly. I had to, yes. <laughs> do you have any idea why? I think they just saw the disability. Straight people do the same thing. They just see the disability. They don't see, you know, what I can do. These experiences have shaped the way Fred views these issues. For him, it's about uniting people and educating them on the importance of equality. I did a, a lot of the, uh, I, I, I ran the phone bank for the no one one. Or the no one two, the local one. You know, the local getting trans added to the. How did that go? 
It went really good. I wonder, how did you all talk about it with people? If you're just cold calling people, presumably most of the people you're going to wind up to are straight. We how talked about it as a civil rights issue. Not a, not a gay rights issue, but a mm-hmm. civil rights issue. Fred's activism has been about making people understand these individual differences as a part of human depth. While Fred's story is definitely one of hope and accomplishments, the trauma of the struggle still impacts his life. I had these two very, very good friends who were drag queens who said, well, if something happens to you, what's trying to Stonewall for us? <laughs> Our Stonewall riot. This was here in Gainesville? This was here in Gainesville. This was yeah. at the university club. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I said, you know, please, if anything does happen, I want you to keep this place in cool. I just said, I want you to keep this place quiet. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't want to do this. It's okay. <laughs> I said because I didn't want anything that would happen to me because of anybody else getting hurt. Fred has made choices to fight for equality in his community, choices that have posed a threat to his safety and his loved one's safety. His past political battles are over, but there are ones still left to fight, and the emotional battle of his past is still with him. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proctor Podcast Series. For more information about our program or interviews, please visit our website at www.history.ufl.edu forward slash O-R-A-L or call us at area code 352 392-7168. That's 352-392-7168.